Welcome to the Media Timeout Podcast. Let's be great. Let's be great. You're home for the sports content you want with the authenticity you need. Have some fun out here. You know, enjoy the journey of all this. We're trying to get 16 wins and going after a gold trophy. Where nothing is out of bounds. Now welcome your host, Jamal Tanner. Welcome back to the MTO Podcast. This is episode 25. Uh, today we're going to talk a lot of basketball. We're going to talk NBA Finals. Dame Lillard won in a trade. What's going on with the U.S. basketball team, both men's and women's. Uh, we're getting to some Richard Sherman conversations, some Olympics in general. We're going to talk a lot of topics, but let's go ahead and start with the NBA Finals. Uh, the Bucks took a 3-2 lead in what was a hell of a game. Uh, game five. Game four was a great game as well. I know last week we were talking about the finals being a little bit boring. Have you changed your tune on that? Uh, yeah, I think I'll come around on this finals. And to be fair, I think we kind of all ragged on it being a boring finals. I don't think I was the only one that kind of, you know, got on this finals. But the, the games have been good. I just think, you know, the I think it just didn't have the this name power that we were used to in the finals. So I just think it took us everybody includes to kind of get some games into it to kind of get familiar with both the squads if you haven't watched Milwaukee or the Suns a lot during the season so I just think it took a while for everybody to kind of get intrigued and once the game started being good because at first the games weren't really close you know we had kind of some blowouts in Phoenix and Milwaukee kind of going both ways but once the game started getting close more competitive um, it seemed like a lot of people started to buy into this finals and now it seems like a lot of people are starting to enjoy this finals where at the beginning of it, people were kind of down on it, talking about the ratings. Well, you know, we don't have a LeBron or a Curry or, you know, even a Kawhi. And now we don't have that problem. You know, you're getting a good product of, you know, you're going to get basketball. You got people like Drew Holiday having big games who you're probably not used to seeing on a big stage. Uh, Someone like Chris Middleton having big games also. You know, two guys who we'll talk about later who are going to join the Olympic team down the line. But, um, yeah, so it's you know it's shocked me that this finals has actually been pretty good. So you know, big ups to the Bucks and Suns for entertaining us. Yeah, I, you weren't alone. I'll admit that I was not sure how I felt about this uh, finals matchup myself. Uh, the first two games just didn't feel right. I think after you kind of get over the fact that you don't have that necessary star power, which I mean, Giannis is Giannis is a star, but I mean, it's just not quite the same as like a. Curry or LeBron because those are kind of you don't even really need to be a basketball fan to know who those guys are those they kind of go beyond the scope of just NBA Twitter or NBA fans that's just kind of pop culture Uh, whereas Giannis is more known just in the basketball circle Uh, but going beyond that I think it's like you said it's just really good basketball specifically game four and five uh, it was just you know like right down to the wire a lot of big plays. Uh, obviously, we saw at the end of Game 5 with Drew Holiday stealing the ball and then throwing the lob to Giannis. And for some reason, Chris Paul thought he was going to make any kind of effect on that play and fouled him. Uh, but it was it's just really good games. I think it's unfortunate for the Suns because they had, obviously they had a 2-0 lead. They had two winnable games back-to-back in 4 and 5. Couldn't find a way to win either one of them. And now they went from up 2-0 to one more loss and they're out. So... I think it's really intriguing. Um, I do think we got to stop trying to find a reason to slander somebody. Like, I th- I'm, that's getting real old for me. I mean, as much as I, we've had the conversation about Giannis and how we feel about his game. You know, when they were down 0-2, we're talking about Giannis and him not being that, and then we were talking about Chris Middleton and his shortcomings and Drew Holiday, this, that, and the other, and we wanted to kind of rag on them, and then Coach Bud gets thrown in the mud for no real reason and then all of a sudden they went three games and now we're talking oh chris paul he's just, this is why he's never won and the d book is just like why do we have to find a reason to slander somebody i don't understand like why i just we got to get over this man like it, it ain't can't all be negative at all times like we just and the thing is is like it's never like a conversation where we're like oh maybe i was wrong we just move forget that we slandered Chris Middleton before he drops 40 and then 30. We just move on to the next dude to slander like like we didn't just say that. So I guess that would be my only negative thing about the finals. It's not really about the finals. This is just people in general. But 
we got to get off that. I know that's not really on topic, but I, I needed to say that. I needed to get that on wax before we get back on to the final specifically. It the, it's the NBA slander wheel, you know? It just, you spin it, and then it just lands on someone, and that's how you slander. It, it happens, you know, every series, every, you know, especially in the playoffs where it's magnified and the games, you know, or it's on the stars usually. So that's where the slander usually comes, you know, full circle. And like you said, you know, your boy CP3 is starting to catch that slander right now. And yeah, it's, they, they, but like you said, it's not, it's not him. It goes from him, the book, the uh, Middleton to Drew to Giannis. It goes all over the place. And it is, it does get ridiculous for sure. Like we got to calm down on that. I will say though, I did mention book, but I feel like he don't get it as bad as most people do. Because when he went 3 for 14 and had 10 points, I didn't hear a ton of slander on his name. And and not that I think he deserves it by any means, because, I mean, he's a hell of a player. But it's just interesting because I feel like anybody, any of the names that we just named goes 3 for 14 with 10 points. They're going to be slandered all over the internet for until the next until they get to redeem themselves. But I didn't really hear that with Book. So I think that's what's even more interesting is we kind of pick and choose. I feel like most people get slander, but there's certain players that are just Teflon Don probably all light-skinned because i feel like curry's the same way too uh, <laughs> i don't know what it is maybe they're more relatable because they, they look yeah but it's just, i just don't understand like why we get all this slander i really don't but let's move on back to the basketball let's talk a little bit about this series uh we're looking at game six on tuesday do you think this do you think the suns can stretch this to seven or you think it's bucks and six Nah, it's bucks and six it's over it's it's over oh and by the way, I know before we move on, I found the light-skinned person who does catch slander, Ben Simmons. But uh, besides him, I don't Is it slander if it's true? Oh, I guess not. Never mind. Sorry, I got to take that back. It's just true. All right. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's Bucks and Six. I, man, I don't know what happened to the Suns. Like, even the last game, I felt good about them in the beginning. And then the Bucks just tracked them down. I felt like the Bucks used to be that team where, like, they would get out the hot stars and the teams would track them down. And it's almost like they've learned from it. It's like, oh, we know how to do this too now. So, I just think it's going to be too much for the Suns. I think Bucks are going to get home. I think they're locked in. I think Giannis is going to be locked in. He seems like the type of dude to want to win it at home. I, I mean, unless the Suns come out, like, super aggressive, going to the rack, asserting their will, like, we're not going home without a dub. I just think the Bucks get this done, man. Like, they... When they don't play stupid and do stupid things, they're a better team than the Suns. Like, if they're not shooting dumb threes and not just making, you know, just doing dumb things on the offensive end, I just think they're a better team than the Suns. So, I think they're going to go back and handle it and uh, get this, you know, get the ship. Giannis, you know, kind of completes the resume at 26. MVPs, the title. I mean, you know, really nothing kind of left to say. Yeah, I don't know if this is my bias because I'm such a big CP3 fan, but I think the Suns find a way to stretch this to seven. I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to win it in seven. I think Book goes 40 again. He seems to be the type to respond, whether it's him having a bad game. It's not like he had a bad game in game five. He played really well in game five. Uh, He did have a really boneheaded foul that kind of changed the complexion of that. That's actually, that was game four. I'm lying. That was game four. He did do that in game four towards he kind of changed the complexion of that game. Uh, they were winning. He went. He got his fifth foul, and then the Bucks were able to come back on him. Uh, I just had to save myself because I said the wrong thing. So let me get back on topic. I feel like Book will have a big game. I think Chris Paul will respond. Really, I I think when you look at it, Chris Middleton has been great. Drew Holiday has been very good, but they've known, they've shown throughout this playoffs that they're not immune from having a bad game. Uh, they've had two or three good ones in a row, specifically Chris. I could see him having a 5 for 18 type of night uh, just because that's that's a thing that happens in the NBA. So, And then the slander will be back on him, right, because he, <laughs> cause he couldn't finish it. Um, so I could see something like that happening. I think Crowder gets hot or Bridges or some one of the role players gets hot. We force it to Game 7, and then that's all you can ask for is the NBA Finals Game 7. I mean, I think the last one we had was that um, – Cleveland versus Golden State. Is that the last one? When LeBron had the block and then Kyrie hit the game winner. Yeah, I believe so. so. I can't can't remember if I was going that far besides that one. Yeah, so that's maybe maybe I'm just hoping like the kind of like speaking into his existence because it's gonna hurt my heart, man. If if 
if Chris Paul gets this L because I don't like this is it for Chris Paul. Like when you really think like when you look at everybody else in both on both teams, like yeah, it would suck for Jay, for Jay Crowder getting there two years in a row and losing. Yeah, it would suck for Book. But this is kind of like it for Chris Paul, right? Like, I mean, I guess you never know because you can get though? traded. You can go to the next team and so on and so yeah. forth. But it's like I, like, I guess I'll say this. He stays with the Suns. I don't see the Suns getting there again, like in Chris Paul's no, career anyway. No. But if he's like kind of like that mercenary no. and goes to the next team, maybe in that way. Yeah, I... uh I could uh, definitely see him doing that. I I don't see him staying with the Suns after this year, maybe even longer term. I know he's kind of up for a new contract, and I think there's a couple teams that are in the same area, if not closer, that might want to make a run for him. I mean, maybe if you're, say, Philly, and you're trying to maybe do a sign and trade with Phoenix for Sim. I mean, there, I think there's going to be a lot of options for Chris Paul this offseason. I don't think he's done trying to, you know, getting deep into the playoffs. I think he's going to go into that almost like a a Darrell Revis mercenary mode, just kind of like, yo, who wants me? Who's close? Let's try to get this done. So let me ask you this question while we're talking about Chris Paul, and then we'll probably move on from the topic. But let's say the Suns lose this finals, right? So he doesn't get a ring. Would you say this year with the Suns is more impressive or last year with OKC for Chris Paul specifically? Ooh, that's tough. Man. I'm going to go last year. Because last year was a weird year. There was nobody was expecting OKC to do anything, let alone make the playoffs. They pushed the Rockets to seven games in the first round. Or, yeah, seven or whatever in the first round, however many games they played. I think it was seven. And that was seven, yeah. So that was pretty impressive. The Suns team, they... They were good, but they had a bit of a little bit of luck too along the way, and you know catching some injuries in basically almost every playoff series. So I think that kind of helped them get to where they are now. I'm not trying to take anything away from them, but I mean those are just facts. So um, I'm gonna go with last year over this year. Yeah, I think I agree with you. The part of the reason why I asked that because I was thinking about it and I was like, because obviously Chris Paul from a lot of people before the last three games was getting his flowers and everybody talking about how great of a accomplishment it has been with this year with the Suns. But I was kind of thinking about it and I was like, man, that, that OKC team, we were talking about him getting bought out because they were going to be terrible. And we were talking about which team's going to get him after they buy him out after they're terrible at the all-star break. And then they were, a what, a, I think a five seed. So it wasn't even like they snuck into the playoffs. Like they were well into the playoffs there. So yeah, I think he kind of helped, groom uh sga into the player that he is because that's a guy that he's a he's a killer really and like we don't even talk about him but he's a very good player and i think he helped with that maturation i don't know if he helped with schroeder or not uh, i think schroeder just is who he is but i think he brought along a guy like like a lou dort i mean if you look at lou dort and then you look at mikhail bridges i think you can see a similar trajectory there um, like a Darius Baisley, like he, Chris Paul to me, again, this is a little bit off topic, but he's one of the only very good players that I think could also make a very good coach. Cause you've seen people's maturation as a player with him as a teammate. Like if you listen to Deandre Ayton talk, that's all he wants to talk about is how much Chris Paul has meant to his career in just one year. So I think I would agree with you. I think that OKC run is probably the more impressive of the two. Unless they find a way to get a championship, because if you end the season with a championship, I don't think you can have a a different season that was more impressive. Because that ultimately, that's that's the goal, right? Like, if you if you complete the mission, then that's the most impressive season. So, I think that's where I'm at in that. So, a different point guard who's trying to complete the mission and possibly want to do with that on a different team. Uh, Dame Lillard has been in the news. Um, maybe he requested a trade. He says he didn't. Other people says he did. A lot of smoke to this. With their smoke, there's usually fire. Uh, talk to me about this kind of sort of trade request from Dame Lillard, and what are you thinking from a from a Portland standpoint? And then also, what team do you feel like should go get him? Uh, if you're Portland, you got to listen to offers. I think. I mean, you've seen about as far as this team as constructed can go. So you have to listen to offers. I mean, Dame is I would it's really hard for me as 
if I'm running the Portland Trailblazers to get rid of, you know, Damian Lillard, that's a pretty damn good player. Um, if I can get an all-star and some picks or good players and some picks, I'll take that. Like, I think their best suitors are probably going to be the Sixers and the Heat. Like, those are two teams that are pretty good that need another boost. And if you're, you know what you're going to get from the Sixers. It's basically going to be Ben Simmons, some picks, maybe a maxi or whatever, some other stuff. And if you're the Heat, you're probably going to get, it's probably going to be Hero, probably going to be Duncan Robinson, also going to be some picks, probably an expiring contract of, I don't know, whoever they have down there that's expiring. So, to me, this is what your preference is. I, I think he, he, you know, he says he didn't ask or isn't, and he's still kind of contemplating his future. I think he eventually does ask for them to explore a trade for him. I think he ends up with the Heat or Sixers. I think that's really, honestly, the only two teams that could realistically trade for him that have decent enough, you know, return value of any sort because anywhere else you're just not going to get anything close, quite honestly. Yeah, I agree with you. I think there's been some talks about him going to the Knicks, but I think the package they've talked about is like Obi Toppin, R.J. Barrett, and Emmanuel quickly, and then like, yeah, I mean, nobody wants that. Like, let's be real. Like, R.J. Barrett, it's a little early to give up on him, and he's a good player, but I don't see the star potential with him. I think he kind of is what he is at this point. I don't see a ton of growth. I think he's one of those high floor, relatively low ceiling kind of guys. I can see him being, he's basically like a better Will Barton, right? Like, that's kind of where he's at, and I think that's where he'll stay. To be honest, I'm not even sure if he's better than Will Barton, or does he have just more uh, opportunities to score than him? So, But I digress. I'm glad you brought up Miami, because that's a team to me that has to get this done. Because if you give them Lillard, Butler, Adebayo, that team can win a championship. Like That team is good enough, in my, in my mind, if you get those three. Because one of the biggest detractors from Miami to me is they didn't have a guy that can just go get a bucket anytime he wanted to. Like Jimmy Butler is a very good player, but that's just not who I want to be my closer every game. He can close a game or two for you, don't get me wrong. It's not like it's it's above his pay grade per se. But he ain't Dame Lillard, right? So having that dude that's just a bona fide scorer on that team, they don't have that. So in my mind they re-up with Oladipo, package him, hero. I don't know if they want none or not. I tried my best to keep Duncan Robinson if possible. But you got to make that trade happen. Because like, the best thing Oladipo could possibly do for the city of Miami is to be traded in a package for Damian Lillard. Because outside of that, he's not going to make that impact that the Heat fans thought he was going to make. That's the only way he makes that impact is if he's part of a trade package to bring them down. So I think he's, much like Ben Simmons, I think he's someone who's overvalued in the NBA circles. Like I think for whatever reason, NBA teams and media and pundits or pundits and whoever really value both of those players, and I just don't. So you can use them to get a as a big piece, and really, it's kind of fool's gold in my mind. So I think, to your point, it's got to be one of those two that makes that deal. I think Miami's the, really the team that has to get it done because I think he's such a great fit in Miami that you just have to make that work, right? Pat Riley's always talking about those whales that you don't want him to talk about anymore. He's got to get it done, right? If you go and bring that up, then that's got to be this – is, this is your time. Like, you, you missed on everybody last year. Here's your opportunity – to go get somebody that can't really say no to you, right? The Trailblazers kind of hold the cards there, so they got to get that done. And if I'm the Trailblazers, if I'm getting rid of uh, Dame, then McCullum got to go. Nurk, you might as well go to Like, it's complete blow-up. I see no reason to halfway <laughs> rebuild that because you're not getting better by getting rid of Dame Lillard. It's just not going to happen. So you may as well just go Houston Rockets mode on it and just blow it up. I will say one last thing on that. If let's so say I, the Dame, okay. Now I was just gonna okay. So first, I'm gonna ask you a couple of trades, and I want you to be the GM. Just give me yes or no. If you're the GM of the Blazers and I'm the Nets, and I say Kyrie for Dame straight up, what do you say? In the 
this is assuming Dame wants out. Yeah. Like, then yeah, absolutely. I don't see any okay. reason not to. I got another one for you. Okay. Uh, say you're Indiana, and I say I'll give you Malcolm Brogdon and a bunch of picks for Dame. Would you do it? Yeah, absolutely. Again, it's another situation yeah. to where you have a very good player. You're getting picks. He's young enough. He's not super young, but he's young enough. And Dane don't want to be there anyway, so yeah. let's do it. All right. I, I don't know if that makes it, you know, I don't think that boosts Indiana up to the top elite. I mean, they'd have a decent squad if everybody comes back healthy. I mean, you'd be talking about Dame, Lavert, Sabonis, Turner, uh, Warren. Uh, I mean, they'd have a decent squad. I'm not saying Definitely. they'd be the top in the East, but it'd be a good squad. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree there. So, I don't. I just it was just something I was thinking of. Yeah, I don't think it's quite enough, like you said, but I think it'll definitely push them in the right direction. But if I'm Portland, I definitely would do it. Uh, another thing that I would think, though, let's say Dame does find his way down to South Beach and he goes to Miami. If I'm Philly, I'm like, okay, so let's go get CJ then, because I mean, ultimately, he still fills that same void. He's not as good a player, but it's still the same type of guy that you need on your roster. So I'd be like, okay, so y'all selling now. Go ahead and sell me some CJ. And then I, I'd probably try to lowball him. I'd be like, <laughs> hey, I'll give you, I'll give you Tyrese Maxey, and a couple firsts. Try to even keep Ben, and see what they say to that. Because I mean, at that point, at the point that they're selling, they're more than likely willing to kind of just offload contracts and stuff like that. So I would try to see if I can get CJ for the cheap. Because then at that point, you put Ben Simmons in a situation that's like perfect for him, towards he doesn't have to be that primary ball handler at the end of the games. He can just guard the best player, facilitate when he needs to facilitate, and just kind of fit in versus having to be the star guard. Because I don't think he is a star guard. I think he's a very talented, very versatile guard but i don't think he's your star by any means i think that's kind of the limiting factor with philly so that's what i would do if i can't get find a way to get dame i I pivot off of that and be like let me get that other guard you had then no as soon as you said that that kind of sounded making sense because i was thinking the lineup i was like okay like uh mccollum curry harris simmons and beat i'm like damn that's pretty legit so, yeah, no, you shoot, if you're the Sixers now, you're like, yo, somebody go get Dame so we can go get McCollum for the cheap. <laughs> get that bargain bins, McCollum. Cause yeah. Because that, that's, a, that's a hell of a roster then as you get to that point. They, honestly, like, if they found a way to keep Ben, as much as we've been bagging on Ben, they found a way yeah. to keep Ben and get CJ, That's in my mind, that's the best team in the East. Like, yeah. Uh, Nets included. Because that's a... That's a very complimentary roster, like, at that point. Yeah, it is. All right, speaking of a roster that maybe needs to be more complimentary, let's talk about the uh, U.S. men's basketball team for the Olympics. Uh, There's been a lot of turmoil as they've been taking some L's left and right. Uh, They lost to Nigeria. They lost to Australia. Had dropouts uh, with Beal getting COVID. Um, Had to... Wasn't unable to perform, and then Kevin Love, I guess, seeing the light and realizing he should have never been there in the first place, so he decided to go ahead and uh, gracefully. It's like it's like one of those things where it's like instead of firing him, you just let him resign. So that's what it, that's what it come across to me. Like P- Coach Pop was looking at him like, I mean, we can do this the easy way, we can do it the hard <laughs> way. How you want to do this? But this ain't gonna work for us. So um, with all the turmoil going on there. Have you reset expectations for Team USA, or are you still expecting gold from them? I'm still expecting gold, man. I, you know, I, I watched the first couple. Actually, I think I pretty much watched all the warm up games. Uh, most of them, you know, start to finish. You know, I think they were still kind of getting used to playing with each other. You know, they now they've had guys coming in and out. They're still waiting on some guys, like we said earlier, Buck, Drew, Middleton. That's going to help with you know players and depth and things they need. They need a you know a defensive point guard. Honestly, is what they're missing. You know, we we kind of just talked about the guy that's about to be traded who's starting right now, but he's not that great of a defensive point guard, and he's kind of been getting picked on uh, in these games recently. So uh, getting those players will definitely help. I'm I'm not going to be too worried. I wish they had another big man on the roster. I know they picked up uh, Javale McGee over the weekend for uh, 
I don't know if it was for Bill or for Love or for whoever, but they did pick up JaVale McGee, so that was another big man they added to the roster. Um, probably could use another point guard, but... I don't. I mean, I guess they have Drew, but that's still this one. They probably need a, another one. Seems like before in the past they had like three good point guards all the time. Now they decide they don't want to use point guards. I don't know what the big deal. I don't know what that's about. But uh, no, nah, I mean, I think they'll still be all right once they get over there and get rolling. I just think it's taking them some time. They probably needed that those L's in the backlash to probably kind of kick it into high gear. Quite honestly. Yeah. So let me ask you this question. I meant to ask you earlier, but it's still relevant, so I'll ask it now. Do you think it'd be awkward with Buck, Middleton, and Drew? Because one of them just got their ass kicked in the finals, and then you got to be teammates with that dude, like, the next week? Like, do you think that's something? Like, I I'd be still a little salty. Like, Yeah. I didn't think about that at all. Nah, yeah. I mean, if I'm Buck and I lose, I'm like, man, I ain't going. I'm motherfucking be somebody else. <laughs> Man, I'm I'm mad. I'm going on vacation with my girl. Like, hey Trey, you still trying to come? Like, <laughs> yeah, for real. Call Trey. I'm like, text him right now. I'll be like, yo, man, you got me, dog. Come on, pick up my shift. You got my shift, man. Pick up my shift at work, dog. Cause that'd be hella awkward, bro. Like, you just got done taking it up. Like, and then you know, cause Drew and Chris, they they be looking at him like real quiet. Like, I mean, I don't want to say nothing, but we all know what happened. And then I could see. I can imagine Draymond saying some shit just to, just to instigate it, but like, oh, so he gonna take your starting spot and he whooped your ass in the finals? Like, <laughs> you know he gonna talk some shit. So no, nah, Draymond be- gonna be like, we champions around here. We cha- oh my bad, book, my bad, my bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it'd be Book and Dame hanging out together, Book Dame and Tatum. <laughs> but yeah, I just I was thinking about that earlier, and I was like, man, that that's kind of a weird dynamic since they were playing each other in the finals and. And they gotta go straight to Tokyo, basically. Like they gonna it's be not on like a flight they together. Got... They probably gonna be yeah. on a flight together, all three. <laughs> they gonna, gonna have a like the trophy with them and whatnot. Like, oh, the, turn your head, but <laughs> you don't want to see this. He's gonna hold this right in front of me, huh? He's gonna hold oh, Larry. Okay, okay. Yeah, that that's gonna be a weird thing. But back on topic, I think I think they're fine. Like, I really don't. I mentioned it before. They took the L's. There's some roster issues. I think losing. Love in particular was obviously, I was going to say a blessing in disguise, but I'm not sure how well it was disguised. I think, I think we all could see that that wasn't really going to work out. I don't mean no disrespect to Kevin Love, but my man just didn't look like he was in shape. I think he just needs to get ready for next season. I still think he's a very good player, but he looked like he was up about 15 to 20 pounds. He he, he looked like a retired dad to me, so he needs to get back into into shape so he can play for Cleveland. My man looked like he wanted the free trip to Vegas. Like, he was like, yo, I'm just trying to go to Vegas for the weekend. Just, you know, play some craps, hit the slots. And he was like, oh, I'm out. As soon as he ran out of his a lot of money, he was like, I withdraw. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm going back home. Wife said I can only spend this much. Yeah, I got to go. But, yeah, so I think, yeah, I, think, I don't think that was a good fit. I mentioned previously that. I probably would have only taken either Beal or Book because I think they're well. I think they're both really good players. I think they're kind of redundant. Um, so Beal leaving kind of solves that. Um, I still don't love Levine on this team. I don't know where he fits in. But actually, first what I want to do is let's talk about the the subs that they took. So Kelton Johnson and JaVale McGee, and then I want to ask you a follow-up question. So what was your first thoughts? I know they got a lot of backlash for this. What were your first thoughts when you saw JaVale McGee and Kelvin Johnson were the replacements for Beal and Love? I was, I mean, I was fine with it. Kelvin Johnson was already with the squad pretty much playing in the game, so he was already kind of there in my mind anyway. And I was, you know, every time he was stepped on the court, he was balling. You know, he was just... He was doing the dirty work. He's kind of like a Draymond Green almost. He doesn't quite handle the offense as much, but sets screens, you know, does nice cuts, nice pass. Just everything is real crisp and just nice, good basketball. Probably because he plays for the Spurs. Probably explains a lot of that. And, you know, went to Kentucky, good player. But uh, And then JaVale McGee, like I said, they need another big man, and he fills that void. He didn't play today. I don't know if that's just because he just kind of got there, and maybe he's just not, you know, they are just haven't fit him in yet, but... I'm hoping he can get some run and fill that void in the middle, just, you know, holding down. Because they, they're going to need some big dudes. Like, they're going to go up against the Spains like they played today that's running out, you know, the Gasol brothers, 
and uh, Hernan Gomez or one of the Gomez's. I don't know which one, but I I know it's one of them. But uh, so yeah, so they're gonna uh, they're gonna face some pretty big teams going down the line. So I was I was fine with the additions. Yeah, I, I like the idea. I, I've mentioned that I feel like they needed more role players, and I think this well does that. Um, Keldon Johnson makes a lot of sense given the fact that he's already there. You already know he's in shape. Pop is his coach for the for the Spurs, so he knows the system. He can help other people learn the system. I think he just made a lot of sense for a lot of reasons, and I think he's also a very good. Like I'm, I've always been really high on Keldon Johnson, even when he was at Kentucky. I think he's a good shooter. He's not above doing the dirty work. Um, I think really when you looked at that roster, you had a bunch of chefs, but you had no one to get the groceries. You know, so that's kind of the way I looked at it. And Kelvin Johnson's not above going to get the groceries. JaVale McGee's not above that either. Um, so that was kind of the big thing for me. With JaVale McGee, my ideal replacements were either Jared Allen or uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. So I think Jared Allen's just a younger, better JaVale McGee, really. So I don't know if he was available, though. I don't know where people are at. I don't know if he's in shape, coming off an injury, yada, yada, yada. So JaVale McGee, ultimately, he fits the need. Um, he may not have been the exact guy that I would have picked, but he's the same mold, I guess you would say. He has a role on this team. Um, and really, ultimately, I think it also makes it easier for Coach Pop because you're, you're not going to play 12 guys. Like You're just not going to do that anyway. But when you have Beal and, and all these names, you feel kind of obligated to get them some run. Like It's really hard as much as it's probably the right thing to do to just tell Zach Levine, you ain't getting no run today. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's a very good player. It's hard to just be like, sorry. But like when you're looking at a JaVale McGee, it's like, Hey, the matchup ain't right. Go ahead and, uh, don't even worry about taking that, sh- that shooting shirt off. You can just, <laughs> you can just, uh, get real comfortable or, you know, Kelvin Johnson is probably gonna, I think he'll still play, but he'll probably only get like five to 10 minutes. I think that's more the way rosters look right. Versus, a guy like Beal or Levine, they're probably not used to playing five to ten minutes, so they're probably not going to be effective in that spurt in time. So I really think having people who are used to playing the roles that you need players to play in the, on a team is a really is a really underrated and important thing. So getting two role players versus star players to me seemed like the right move, even if in the JaVale specifically isn't the name that I would have chose, but it's the right idea, I guess, is what I would say on that. So... The follow-up question I wanted to ask you with the roster as is, is there anybody else that you would replace if it was up to you? And who would you replace them with? I mean, if anything, it'd probably be Zach Levine for a point guard. Like, just a straight-up true point guard. Maybe a Trey Young or... I don't know, but I just feel... This team needs one more point guard for me to feel safe. Like, And I would just probably trade out Zach for a point guard and I'd be fine with that other than that I pretty much like the roster they can maybe use one more guy who's like a starter but not a a star kind of like what you're talking about basically a bench player but starts for an NBA team you know how that goes basically like a Robert Covington type you know so if they had another guy like that and a point guard I'd probably feel better about the squad but I still think this squad is uh has enough to get the job done quite honestly they're they're too talented not to I just I mean, Greg Popovich is a good coach. They got good players. They're going to figure this out. Yeah, for me, it's Levine's the guy, and I like Levine. I'm a Bulls fan. I really like what he brings. He's just not better in book. So when you look at that, I mean, I guess unless you're just saying, you know, in case of injury, you have a guy that can step up and play that role, I think I would probably replace him, and I I could go a number of different directions there. I mean, a Marcus Smart would make a lot of sense to me. Covington would make a lot of sense. You could go Trey Young, really. I mean, he's more of a star, but then you have another playmaker. So, like, let's say Dame gets in foul trouble. You have another guy that can kind of fill that role. So, like, like to your point, another point guard. I think having some... Because really, like, right now, like, between Middleton, Book, Tatum, really, and... Levine, like, you have the same... I mean, they're different players, but they're there to get you buckets, right? They're all there to get you buckets, and so, like, we don't need four guys that do kind of, like, 
same thing. And I didn't even mention KD, who's obviously is one of the best scorers to ever touch a basketball. So, I mean, they have enough of that. So I think that's probably why I would replace Levine with somebody who makes their impact in a different way. But at the end of the day, like, like I said, I mean, he's still a really good player. He still deserves to be there. I just think on this particular roster, they'd be better served with having a, a role player and somebody that's used to just doing the dirty work or getting the groceries to continue the analogy that I, that I said earlier. Sticking with the Olympics, the women's team lost as well. Do you have any concerns there, or do you think that's just kind of a blip in the radar and they're going to go get the gold, like the women's U.S., basically like every women's team sport that that goes to the Olympics for America does anyway. I'm not as worried about the women's. I think like they, and it actually they're taking like two losses. I called the one versus the WNBA All Stars. I just thought they were gonna lose that squad because that was pretty even, like of a team. But uh, the Australia one, I wasn't really expecting. But I still think you know they're kind of working on some kinks, and then you know they're kind of in the, the middle of the season, so they're you know maybe just entire legs. I don't maybe just need a little bit of rest before they kind of get over there and get revved up again. Maybe trying to get a little bit more time to play with each other because, like I said, they're going through the season, so they've pretty much been with their teams, and now you're having to come together with different people to kind of try to get it figured out on the fly. Um, and that's another team that probably could have used a couple more roster tweaks. Maybe I know I know they wanted to keep you know the old ladies on for a little while longer with Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi, but they probably could have you know they've given them their flowers. They probably could have been like you know we loved having you around, ladies, but it's time to move on. They kept them around. I think they probably should have used those spots, but it's whatever. I think they're still going to get the gold, though, in the end. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. Pretty much everything you said. I think Nika should have been on the team. I think that's the big thing. That's well documented. There's really zero reason for her not to be on the team. Uh, but I won't get into that much further than that. We all know that she should have been there. She's not there. That's unfortunate. But I still think they find a way to get the gold. Um is there any other, from an Olympic standpoint, moving off of basketball, is there any other events that you're excited to see? Uh, I know you're a big baseball guy and baseball's back in the Olympics. Is there something that you're looking forward to seeing or are you just going to kind of watch whatever kind of t- is in your face when when Yeah, I think I'm going to be... Yeah, I think I'm going to be on that mode. I think I'm going to be on whatever on TV when I click that thing on mode because... I mean, I'm probably going to check out the track uh, events. I always, you know, I'm deep dark, deep down in my heart. I'm a little bit of a track guy, you know. That was my first sport as a kid, and I love watching it. So I'll probably definitely check out uh, the track events for sure. But other than that, man, just the basketball. Oh, Simone Biles. I'm, if they show, tell me Simone Biles is on TV and, like, win, I'm going to record it and check her out because she's the real deal, and we don't talk about her enough, you know. Well, I mean, we're starting to every, you know, where, but – you know, especially with something that she does like gymnastics, that is more of an Olympic sport that that we talk about when the Olympics do come around. We do kind of start to bring up her name heavy when the Olympics, you know, is here. So I'm gonna watch her when she um, has her events because I'm I'm down to support her. Um, trying to think who else is there anybody else I'm really trying to see from even a global standpoint. Um, any you know, the Olympics just wasn't here last year and I didn't really miss it. Honestly, like maybe it's because of the pandemic and all sports were kind of wonky and it just just was okay with it not being here. But I'm kind of getting excited for it semi, I guess. It kind of be coming around just because the Olympics are usually a big deal and it's kind of weird that uh, it's on a fifth year because of, you know, last year in the pandemic. So that's kind of weird. So, you know, I'm probably going to watch a lot of it and check it out. And hopefully it's a good Olympics. Hopefully, you know, USA racks up them golds, you know usually do but yeah that's probably about it yeah i'm i think i agree with you there i think what i'm really looking forward to this is kind of more of a abstract answer but i feel like there's always a new star born in the olympics because there's a lot of these sports we don't most people don't follow them out of olympic season it's basically the only time we these guys get put on is when the olympics are on like um, Misty Franklin, Missy Franklin, excuse me, and then Katie Ledecky. Like those are people that before the Olympics, 
I didn't know who the hell they were. And then the Olympics comes and they're out here winning gold, 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 gold. And you're like, oh, okay. Look, that's, and, and there you go, right there, a star is born. Simone Biles is very similar to that. Gabby Douglas was similar to that as well. Um, so I'm just kind of going to keep my eyes peeled, head on a swivel to see and find who that next star is because I like appreciating. I, uh, the older I get, the more I appreciate greatness, regardless of what sport that is. Hell, even if it's table tennis, like I don't care. I'm down for whatever. I, like just seeing somebody at the pinnacle of their sport, like some of the best to ever do it, and just really kind of just tapping in and like watching it and appreciating that. That's really my favorite part about the Olympics other than the basketball because I really do love uh, Olympic basketball but really just kind of just trying to tap in and, and keep my eyes peeled and my ears kind of on the on the radio to figure out who's that next star whether it's American or not and kind of really embrace them. Usain Bolt's another guy that I didn't mention but I didn't really know much about him until I watched the Olympics that year and then all of a sudden he's out here jogging his way to a world record at the end and i'm just like oh who the hell is this dude right so i think what i'm more interested in versus a particular sport is just really kind of seeing that uh breakout of that breakout star that always comes from the olympics so that's what i'm going to be looking into and seeing if i can find and really enjoy that element of the olympics Wes Unsell Jr. just got the job to be the head coach of the Washington Wizards. Seems like a little bit of nepotism, given the fact that his daddy did a lot of great things for that organization. But he's paid his dues. He's been an assistant for a really long time. But it got me thinking. I know it got you thinking. We talk a lot about coaching trees. And we talk about how Wes Unsell came from some pretty good coaching trees and then we talk about all these different coaches and different sports and how they worked under them and blah 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 do you think coaching trees really matter or is that an overrated thing no that's a that's a good question um i i'm gonna go to say no because i think um we get these guys all the time that come off of this coaching tree this coaching tree but how often does it work out like we've heard about the bill belichick coaching tree for like how long now and, I mean, shit, talk to Notre Dame. They're still paying Charlie Weiss, I think. I don't even know. Like, And he got, you know, he was the man several times off of being the guy under Belichick. So I'm going to go with no, man. I just don't think – I think the coaching tree is a thing to make people feel good about their hires because they want to feel like they're hiring the right guy. So if he comes from a guy who was good, they're like, yeah, we got their guy. He learned from the guy. Okay, doesn't mean he's good. Just admit – the guy gave this dude a job. He could have been somebody's son for all we know, just like Wes Unsell Jr. Like, we don't know. Like Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan. Like, yeah, he's good, but he might not have been good, and he might have just been getting jobs anyway. Now, granted, he is good at what he does, but you can move up the ranks just off of being someone's son is what I'm saying. So, you know, I think coaching tree is a fake thing, and like I said, it's just something for people to feel good about their hires in the end. Yeah, I think I absolutely agree with that. I, I will give it one caveat. I feel like the one place where it does matter is in college sports, specifically college football, because then at that point in time, you can point to people you've recruited and who you've had success with, and I think that allows you to recruit the next guy, like Kirby Smart, basically. He was under Coach Saban. He was able to get a bunch of recruits because he was coaching for Alabama. And then when he goes to Georgia, he's like, well, I developed this guy and that guy and that guy and that guy. And you're able to use that clout to get you that guy. Because really, it's, in college, it's less about your coaching ability at that level and more about your ability to get the best players, right? So if you're coaching at Georgia, you just need to get the stars and then the stars will take care of themselves, right? Now, I think when you have smaller schools, like I think of Brad Stevens in basketball is a great example. Like that shows you how good of a coach he is because he's not taking five-star recruits. But more often than not, when you have that coaching tree in college, you're basically able to point to the success that you had with certain players that you wouldn't have ever really even got a chance to coach if you didn't coach under these legends, right? So I do think it matters in college because it allows you to go into people's living room and talk about you can be the next Devonte Smith or the next or whoever, because you just so happen to be on that on that coaching staff. Like right now, um, 
Tony Elliott, who I think is the offensive coordinator for Clemson, he's starting to look and kind of keep his ears peeled, eyes peeled for new jobs. Whenever he does get a job, he was like, yeah, I was the offensive coordinator for Trevor Lawrence. I was the offensive coordinator for Travis Etienne. I was the offensive coordinator. You know what I mean? So he can name drop that. And then if I'm a high school kid and I'm like, damn, you coach Trevor Lawrence? I see where he's at. I want to be where Trevor Lawrence is at. So I do think it matters in college. In the pros, I think, to your point, it's just something for people to feel better about their hire because otherwise they have to actually point to things that matter. And I think a lot of times they have trouble doing that. And it has had very mixed results. So I think coaching trees are overrated. And I think it's a thing that we keep track of because, A, it helps people feel good about the hire. And then, B, it's just good content to talk about to make something sound more important than what it is. So I think the combination of the two is why we even have these conversations at all. All right. So let's we talked a little bit about Trevor Bauer uh, last week and about everything that's going on in his personal life with the allegations and some a lot of the serious allegations that were going on and how we felt about the fact that it wasn't being covered as much as it probably should be given how good he is at his sport, how well-known of a player he is, and how serious the allegation is. Fast forward a week, and we have Richard Sherman getting involved in some domestic violence issues and things like that, and this is all over the media. Do you think it's fair the way Sherman's being treated versus the way Trevor Bauer was kind of covered? No. Quite honestly, no. Because, especially, too, with, like, one, it's not even in football season. I get it if they wanted to talk about it a little bit, bring it up, you know, the day it happens or day after, I got it. But it's like they were going on with it, you know, all day. And then it's like the next day. And now they're showing the video of what's going on. And now they're showing him in court and what, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, one, the dude's not even on a team right now. Like, he doesn't have, he has no team. He's not with the 49ers no more. He's a free agent. I get if, you know, I get he, you know, he was a big star. And you guys, you know, like, love to cover him, love to get his sound bites. You know, Legion of Boom, you know, all pro corner, Super Bowl champ, yada, yada, yada. But right now he's not that person. And it just feels to me that, like, from, I'm not going to just exclude ESPN. I'm sure it's FS1. I'm sure it's all the sports stations that are talking. Are talking more about that and not the Trevor Bauer situation, which is really serious also. Like, I'm not saying, I'm not downplaying the Sherman situation. I don't know what all went there. But at least from whatever video I saw, he was trying to bang down his, you know, his his wife's dad's um, door, father-in-law. Sorry, I was struggling to find the words. And... That versus the allegations going against Bauer is just like, wait, what are we doing here? Now, is it just because we have this video of Richard Sherman going crazy trying to knock down a door, so we're going to play this up a little bit more and we want to show that and talk about that? Or I don't want to always go to the black and white thing, but we got a black guy acting a little crazy versus a white guy that's kind of doing some more serious stuff and maybe plays a sport that's not talked about as much, baseball versus football, and you guys just... Don't even bring it up. Like, the Trevor Bauer thing was, oh, well, he's just kind of suspended. They don't even talk about what he's even really on leave for. They're like, oh, he's being investigated. They just say he's investigated. Like, they're not even telling you what's going on, and it's serious. So, to me, it's just like, what are we really doing here? Yeah, and I think another thing, just another layer to add to that. You were talking about Richard Sherman. He's a free agent, first of all. It's not football season, and he's not even in the prime of his career. It couldn't be more different when you're looking at Trevor Bauer because he is in the prime of his career. He's a big star, one of the best pitchers in in the league. He's on a team that's in a that's a championship contender that just they they won the World Series last year. So this is in the middle of a pennant race. He's one of the best players. It's during the season. They're in probably the most competitive division in baseball with the Giants and the Padres. Like, this has really large implications, not only for the allegations as serious as they are, but just how it affects the sport and how it affects that race. So there's so many different angles that this could be covered to be a really big story, but yet they're not doing it. And then when you look at Richard Sherman, it is news. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm saying that it shouldn't be covered at all, but 
the implications are more specifically just Richard Sherman's life and what what where he goes next. Really, as there is no team implications, there is no Super Bowl implications. There's none of that because he's not on the team. It's not during the season. So it's just like you said with the black and white thing. I mean, a spade's a spade, right? Like there's we mentioned last week all the different players who got in trouble very similar to this or probably even less serious. Well, the Greg Hardy situation was definitely as serious, if not more serious than that Trevor Bauer situation. But the the Kareem Hunt situation definitely wasn't as serious as the as the Trevor Bauer situation. And we played that all over the news. It was, it was on repeat. The Ezekiel Elliott situation, I mean, it's all allegations. I don't know if it's more or less serious, but that was all over the news. And it, it was at least on par with the Trevor Bauer allegations. So the only real argument that to be made other than the black and white argument is just the sport itself. And I'm not sure if I'm going to, if I'm really buying that argument either, because I feel like if this was trying to think, uh, Tatis Jr. Doing this, it would be big news, right? Like, it's hard for me to believe that Tatis Jr. could do what Trevor Bauer did and we wouldn't be talking about it over every news outlet. Or Mookie Betts did this, we wouldn't have that same conversation. So it's just really frustrating to see. And it's not because well, I would specifically want to see Bauer slandered. I just think it should be handled in a way that's very similar to the way you handle every other athlete. Well, yeah, I mean, even going back to the Chad Wheeler situation with him choking out his girlfriend, basically, like they kind of just talked about that for a quick second and it was gone, like. And but but Richard Sherman didn't even really do anything, and they're on that all day. Like so, it's just to me, they're it's leave that to TMZ. If you if you, if you want to be TMZ, then change your name from ESPN to TMZ too. I don't know. Like, but if you're gonna be ESPN and sports and yada, like, let's keep it. Let's keep it a buck. Let's not, you know, let's not sugar. Let's you know keep it a hundred. Stop doing this. Well, we're gonna cover Richard Sherman because he's more probably more name worthy. Well, you know, Bauer's name worthy too. He had a lot to say about a lot of things and he had he was trying to get his name out there in the offseason about the Astros and other stuff and I can pitch with one eye and whatever okay Mr. One-Eye Pitcher you messed up let's get on you now about this like you y'all need to put the you know the fire to the feet and they not they just letting the Dodgers him base they're letting everybody skate they're not talking about nothing they're just not even trying to bring it up and that's the I think that's probably perfectly put as it gets because Sticking with the same person in the same sport, him talking about trash cans banging was a bigger story than what's going on right now and is not anywhere near more of news. So that's the thing where it's hard for you to look at it and say that, well, it was just because it's the sport of baseball because I'm like, it was the sport of baseball when we were talking about trash cans, but that was all over the place. So how come, and it was the same guy making a lot of noise and hoopla about it, so... You can't have it both ways. If you want to make it use his name to make a big story when it's st- sign stealing, then use his name to make a big deal when it's domestic violence and and all the terrible things that these uh, terrible allegations that are linked to his name right now. So it just it just don't seem right to me. Uh, it just seems real disingenuous to just act like it's just. You can't just say it's just the sport. There's more to it than that. That's for sure. That's enough of that. I don't want to talk about Trevor Bauer anymore. Let's bring it home. So for this week's segment, in honor of Space Jam 2 with LeBron James out there doing his best Michael Jordan impersonation and uh, leading the the Toon Squad to a victory, I'm assuming. I didn't see the movie yet, but I think I already know how it's going in, right? Like He can't lose that because then he'd be a cartoon forever and we don't even get to see him with the Lakers next year. So assuming he wins that... He's doing his MJ thing, leading Toon Squad to a victory. And it got me thinking, if you were able to star in a remake of a sports movie, what movie would you want to be the star in and why? Ooh, that's a good one. Sports, because, oh man, I love me a good sports movie too. Man, you know, so, okay, I think I'm going to go a couple movies, but my first one, I think Friday Night Lights. Like, I'm trying to be in that movie. I'm trying to be on that squad. I might even want to be Booby Mom. Like, Boo Miles. I mean, I don't know. The and name he can pass. So, but that for sure. And he can pass. Yeah. So, 
That was a good movie. I would want to be in that a movie on that squad. Uh, they seemed like they were having a real good time. Like, I felt like they were getting some cash envelopes. Like, they talk about the NIL guys now. I felt like them dudes was getting cash money. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's one of the ones I think I want to be in is uh, Friday Night Lights for sure. Yeah, so it's a couple of them for me. I would love to be in... Like, I love the movie Varsity Blues, but the only black guy in that movie, he was just getting disrespected, and I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> like, I don't know if I want to get it to the one-yard line every time. I'm not sure if that's the role I want to play. Um, I think for me, it would be between either White Man Can't Jump or He Got Game, because I think it would be cool to be Jesus Shuttlesworth. Like, that would be a cool one right there. But uh, I think I'd have to go between one of those two. I'm leaning He Got Game. Yeah, I think I think he got game off the top of my head. I think that's the one that I would probably choose. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, he got game is a good one. I mean, Jesus Shuttlesworth was getting recruited every which way. Like, I, I my I love that movie in general, but one of my favorite parts besides the Trevor's best scene, which I won't go over again, is the one where he's getting recruited by Rick Fox at I forget what school it was Tech U maybe. Eric Fox is like, yeah. yeah, yeah, go in this room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good one to be on. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I'm forgetting anything. Like, is there any baseball movies that I like? Major League? Major League? The first Ooh, one. That'd be a fun one, too. I want yeah, to be on that squad. That'd be a pretty fun one. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good squad. Damn it. There's so many sports movies. I gotta be forgetting something. Like I love Remember the Titans, but I ain't again. That's I don't want to be a part. Nah, I'm good. I'm good on that. I don't need to be. Unless hey, I, the only part I want to say from Remember the I Titans. I don't ever want to go is, back in history. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny you say that because we were. Um, this is, we were we were playing a, a game and it was just like the question that was asked was like, if you could go, if you could travel back in time. Like, what? When would you go to? And I think I said something like, like my senior year of high school or something like that. And they were just like, "Why? Why wouldn't you go back farther?" And I was just like, "Cause I was playing with a bunch of white people, and they were all just talking about like, I want to be with George Washington or whatever the hell they were talking about." And they were like, "Why would you just want to go back there?" I'm like, "Well, it's only a certain amount of time in history that I can go back and uh, have my freedom, so <laughs> I can't go back too far. So I gotta kind of." But so far. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was going to go to the 80s, but Rodney King was a thing, and I don't really want to be a part of that either, so I'm just like, I need to be 90s and 2000s. That's it. That's all I got. Hey, to me, if you're going to go way back, you got to push it all the way to the dinosaurs where there was no humans. Like, that's about, you got to go that far. Like, <laughs> if you're going to go far, like, no humans around far. Yeah, I mean, it's got, or, or Jesus got to be around something like that. Because <laughs> my man had dreads, so I think I'd be safe <laughs> with, if I'm with Jesus, but... <laughs> other than that like i don't know if i could i can't really do the time travel thing like i gotta i gotta stay within my lifetime things is about as good as they've been for black people in my lifetime so i can't can't go back farther than that like I, i've got to be good where i'm at so yeah so that's why i remember the titans is out for me i ain't i ain't as much as uh as much as i love that movie i don't need to be boone i don't want to be uh I can't think of his name, but the only part I'd want to do if I was picking that movie is when, uh, damn, what's his name? Not, not Pertier, the, the black Josh defensive end. <laughs> nah. That'd oh, be kind of cool, but the black about. defensive end, yeah. I don't know his name on the movie, but I, I know him. The dude don't yeah. age. Like, he's looked the same for, like, 40 years, seems like. Yeah, but, like, there's a, there's a part, uh, when Bertier was talking to him about his, about his attitude or whatever, and then he was just like, "Attitude reflect leadership, Captain." And I was, I would want to say that part. That was it. <laughs> like, that's the only <laughs> I part that, that I. <laughs> that that's it. After that, take me out of that movie. But yeah, there's a lot of good answers. But I think for me, I think I'm gonna stick with uh, he got game. It seems like a fun little flick to be the the lead role in. Like Ray Allen was having a lot of fun, so I think that that'd be my one there. Yeah, no, like you said, there's a lot of movies I think you could jump in. Uh, 
I'm trying to think if there's any more. Like you said, you can't. You don't want to go too far back. So more or less, you kind of got to keep them. Maybe Blue Chips. Like I like that movie. I would probably. I want to jump yeah. on that squad with Shaq and them boys. They was getting stuff too. So I'm trying to. What old boy's dad get a tractor or something like that? Like he got yeah. some kind of nice ass farming gift. <laughs> yeah. What about love and basketball? Nah, cool too one. much love. Not nah. basketball. Too much. Too much love. I mean, my man was in the league, though. He made it to the league. He was in the league. He went too early. You know, his dad tried yeah. to tell him. He was like, nah, you don't need to go. And then he left, you know. <laughs> Should listen to Pops. But Pops was, you know, cheating, doing that NBA stuff. Yeah, Pop. Yeah. Yeah, Pops had his own set of problems, didn't he? So. All right. Well, that's all the time we have. I appreciate you guys joining us. Follow us on Instagram at Media Timeout Sports. Uh, I haven't forgot about the NIL thing. We will definitely get that out there and put that on the poll so you guys can participate and have a little fun with that. Um, Till next week, you guys enjoy the finals. Enjoy the Olympics. And we'll be back to talk about all of that. And NBA Draft Week is next week. So you know I'll be geeked and excited to go. Till then, you guys have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening to the Media Timeout Podcast. Mahomes looking to flip, takes it in for the touchdown. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at MTO Sports and visit our website, MediaTimeoutSports.com, for more content.